Hello, my name is Emily Jansen, and this is the Leadership is Female podcast. I am a female leader in the pro sports industry, and each week I interview women in the sports business to teach you the tips and the mindset that will get you to the next level faster. Did you know that less than 25% of leadership roles in the sports and entertainment industry are held by women? We've got work to do. Marion Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. So I am here as your host to bring visibility to women who are crushing it in their roles. Join me week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. We will lead you forward because leadership is female. We are all busy professionals, right? That's why I'm always looking for the best products that are both convenient and make life easier. Mobot water bottles are one of these products. Mobot is a beautifully designed water bottle and foam roller in one. This company is female founded and led, which is huge for us at Leadership is Female and supports our core philosophy to elevate women. I use the water bottle at the gym, staying hydrated in boot camp and then flipping the bottle on its side at the end of camp to quickly foam roll my legs. It helps so much with recovery and it feels good. Get yours at mobot.com and use the code leadership is female to get 15% off. Support Lanny, the female founder of this product, and support yourself. This is a must-have wellness product. Visit mobot.com and use the code LEADERSHIPISFEMALE to get 15% off today. I had so much fun interviewing Kathleen Coyle today, Director, Premium Sales at the Minnesota Vikings. After graduating from Brown University and playing on their D1 soccer team, Ivy League, She knew working in sports was the industry for her, that it would be fulfilling and connect her to her passion with professional relationship development on top. Having previous experience with the Cleveland Cavaliers, New York Jets, and San Francisco 49ers in their premium sales departments, Kathleen moved back to her hometown to join the Minnesota Vikings' new stadium project through Van Wagner Sports and Entertainment. Prior to opening of U.S. Bank Stadium, she joined the corporate partnership sales team and has now transitioned into a role leading the premium sales team. After working and living throughout the country, she's proud to be a member of the Minnesota Vikings franchise. We talk about the sales process, high-ticket items, closing, preparedness, soccer, and her nine-month-old daughter, Lily. It's clear to see why she leads premium sales. Her style is easy, direct, and researched, and I know she trains her team accordingly. Now it's time for us to learn from Kathleen, so let's go. Welcome to the Leadership is Female podcast, Kathleen Coyle. Can you tell us who you are and what you do? Hello, I'm happy to be here. Um, I am director of premium sales for the Minnesota Vikings, which means I oversee a team that sells our sweet products, uh, both season long and single game suites, as well as a few club products in U.S. Bank Stadium. I've been with the Vikings for, this will be my eighth season coming up in 2022. Um, I live in Egan, Minnesota, not far from our headquarters, Twin Cities Orthopedics Performance Center. Uh, with my husband, Chris, and my nine-month-old daughter, Lily. Ah, I didn't know your daughter was nine months old, so is mine. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, she keeps me on my toes. Uh, I can relate, for sure. Mm-hmm. So you went to Brown, which is an Ivy League school. Go, Kathleen. That's incredible. And played D1 soccer. You have roots in competitive soccer. So how has that played to your career success? 
being an athlete growing up and, and then collegiately really led me down the path of pursuing a career in the sports industry and specifically in, in business development. I was finishing up my career, had you know done playing soccer this spring of my senior year and uh, have a, a lot of family members who have been in different industries, but in a business development capacity. And so, you know, I knew I really enjoyed sports and wanted to at least have that base of knowledge of how to sell something. And so I saw the NBA was hosting a ticket sales job fair. And so I went to that in Chicago the spring of my senior year. Um, I, of 200 students in the room, I ended up being one of maybe five to 10 women. So I, I stuck out. Um, I also stuck out and was appealing for hiring managers because I was a student athlete um, who knew how to uh, prioritize, manage time, obviously competitive, knows how to, to work hard um, and persevere through tough times to ultimately achieve a goal. And so ended up starting my career with the Cleveland Cavaliers um, and been with a few teams since then. But uh, even to this day, I still rely on a lot of the things I, I've learned as an athlete, uh, specifically during my, my time playing soccer in college. Yeah. And before we dive into those career moves, what's your favorite memory on the soccer field? Um, my favorite memory is, is probably some of the exciting wins. One of my teammates, um, her and I played soccer together since we were 12 years old here in Minnesota. We both went out, out east to Brown together. I was a center midfielder. She was a forward. And so we had a, uh, there was one game, I believe against Yale it was in overtime. I you know, kicked the ball up the field to her and assisted a, a game winning goal in overtime. And my dad happened to be at the game in the stands so looking over and seeing him with his arms up in the air and kind of the pile on celebration with teammates. That's, that's, uh, that's a pretty great memory to have. So that's, that's probably my best one. Oh, that's so awesome. It gives me all the emotions, just thinking about it and hearing you describe that moment and how special to share that with your dad. I love that. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what sports provide for us, right? Whether it's us on the field or working behind the scenes to, to put it all together. And so you talked about the career fair and you landed your first job with the Cavs and then the Jets and 49ers before returning home to work for the Vikings. How did those experiences in premium sales differ in the NBA and then in very different parts of the country as well, New York and California? Um, well, it's a great question. For me, the type of product I was selling at the different teams um, you know, got more expensive and, and more complicated as I furthered along in my career. When I was with the Cavs, I was unsure if I wanted to pursue um, a sales career, or if I maybe wanted to go into customer service, uh, which I did try out for about a year, you know, being in that role, I, I realized I did like, um, you know, the sort of entrepreneurial spirit uh, that's necessary to, to really advance in a sports career uh, in sales. And so that ended up being why I pursued the, the role with the Jets selling seat licenses, um, which took me to, to the 49ers as well. And eventually my first job with the Vikings was selling suites. Um, you know, working across the country in different markets, got to know different types of fan bases, different uh, demographics and regions and, um, you know, the type of sale that we were, were 
bringing to a community was something that was a lot more expensive. Um, it was a brand new stadium. So you're changing people's game day process um, and change is hard. So a lot of it was, was using listening skills, uh, good questioning, being empathetic. That something may, that may have been a company or family tradition for decades is radically changing. Um, yeah, those were definitely skills I, I learned in New York, where you have very passionate, outspoken fans, um, and made me a, a better salesperson in general. That you know, I can handle someone yelling at me, and you know, it, usually if there's uh, you know some emotion behind it, it means someone cares. So it's worth a conversation, and not to be intimidated by that. Um, you know, I have great memories of being with the Jets going to AFC Championship games, with the 49ers going to a Super Bowl. Um, with the Vikings going to NFC championships. Um, so for sure, exciting moments with different teams. You know, for me, it's hard to beat the connection of the Vikings and, and growing up here. Um, it's, it's probably been my favorite experience of now representing and, and working for my hometown team. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what was it like to return to Minnesota? And so you return home, you return to Minnesota, re- return to the Vikings. But then on top of that, you're there when they open U.S. Bank Stadium. Talk to us about that just incredible experience. Mm-hmm. It, it was, you know, leading up to the two years before the building opening, watching the Metrodo come down and U.S. Bank Stadium being built, um, creating and, and growing rapport and relationships with sea uh, level decision makers throughout the Twin Cities um, and going through a process of having them trust what we were building, um, create partnerships with, with those businesses, as well as some individual personal buyers as well, um, was really special. I think I would always encourage anyone that's, you know, interested in pursuing an industry, especially in sports to you know, get outside your comfort zone, you know, move it across the country for an opportunity, especially, you know, I look back in my twenties and learned so much by moving around, meeting new people, growing my network. Um, you know, and then coming back home, there was additional familiarity I never had had before. So for me, it was a complete leg up that, well, I was used to going out and having to forge relationships from nothing, but, you know, maybe now I'm, you know, calling on a president of a company who happens to be the, you know, mother of someone that I was close with in high school. So that ended up being something that was an added benefit um, and felt like, okay, this is something I've never had before and I can enjoy, but I know how to do it either way. I know how to find it in with a company um, by doing my own research and having an intentional approach. Uh, but yeah, I'll never forget that, you know, opening game day at US Bank Stadium in 2016, opening up with a, a win versus Packers is always what, is always a good, good day in my book. Oh, I love that. That's, that's just incredible. And I can only imagine I was in uh, the twin cities for a wedding when the building was under construction and it was sounds weird to describe it this way. Cause it's so obvious, but it was like just being born from the ground up in this spot, mm-hmm. right in the middle of the city. And it was very incredible to see and imagine what it would become when it was completed. So, um, it's, it's awesome. And I've seen so many other events be held there as well throughout the years, besides just, just the Vikings games. So you lead premium hospitality. What trends are you seeing? Uh, you know, our team over you know, since the pandemic hit, 
for us, March 2020, we all you know, went home from our headquarters, started working from home. We as a group really started focusing on personal and professional development. And I would say in terms of our outbound efforts, we were a little quieter for you know the, the rest of 2020, still maintaining and trying to grow rapport and connections within the Twin Cities of buyers that you know, when there's less uncertainty in the market would be ready to look at different business development type options that we offer from a premium perspective. Um, we hit 2021, you know, for us, we weren't able to have fans in 2020, um, but we knew we were going to have fans back in 2021. And we really hit the ground running um, with industries that have always been, you know, a target industry of ours, like construction companies, manufacturing, financial services. Um, and then we saw a good amount of buyers who were business owners um, and maybe separately have, you know, their own wealth that were very excited to get back to live sports and very excited to have a platform for connection with, you know, their key stakeholders, their, you know, their board, their clients, their prospects, uh, but also their loved ones. You know, we are so tied to the fabric of the Twin Cities, Minnesota, Midwest community um, that we found that people were really missing that way of connecting with their community at large when they're sitting there on game day with 66,000 other fans cheering on the Vikings. Um, so we were thrilled to have uh, so many conversations with people that couldn't wait to get back to game day and, and, and look at what we have to offer um, and ended up setting us up for success in uh, the 2021 season. We generated more revenue from a premium perspective than we ever had at U.S. Bank Stadium, uh, which led us to this time in terms of our sales campaign for 2022, um, we're trending ahead of what we were last year. Um, so we were very um, happy with those results and happy with where we are for, you know, at this time in the, the 2022 selling season. Yeah. I think that old saying, you don't know what you've got till it's gone rang true so hard in the sports community mm -hmm. where we saw the resurgence that we were hoping for when we were able to return to live events. So it's mm -hmm. always so encouraging and so fun to hear the results repeated across industry and team. So congratulations to you guys. And I'm sure you're going to knock this next season out of the park as well. And Premium hospitality is a high ticket item. So how do you train your team to sell these experiences and ask for the big close? Yeah, it's a great question. It's something that we talk about regularly on one-to-one -one conversations and our team meetings. Um, it starts with the type of customers and type of companies we're reaching out to. It's, it's intentional, it's researched, um, it's companies and buyers that look like other companies that we do business with so that you know we're thinking through well what's our approach if i'm going to ask someone that's obviously uh doesn't have a lot of time on their calendar i want to make sure i come in with a value proposition that makes sense and intriguing and well worth their time um so the approach and then preparing um for the next step in the sales cycle what are, what are we asking for so the first approach we're asking for time to actually have a conversation and go through a needs analysis ask open-ended questions, um, gain information that ultimately then will allow us to provide a tailored response um, and tailored recommendation in terms of what we can offer that will help better their business, um, grow revenue, 
um, positively affect their, their bottom line. Um, so we have different vendors, partners that we work with that help us research the type of companies that we're calling on um, so that we can put ourselves in the best position to be efficient with our time when we're in front of people um, and have prompt and tailored follow-up that you know is really, okay, you know, the Vikings are recommending I do something they were able to suggest something that, you know, is going to help our business and, you know, grow relationships with our key stakeholders. You know, this may or may not be something that we do, but it's very well worth our time and worth considering um, for something we might do in the near future or, you know, down the road. Such a great approach, research-based, direct, and you're not going to waste anybody's time and move them through the process on how premium hospitality can build their business. It's, it's so on point and it's so true. I've watched deals be done in these suites that secure the next level for companies over some nachos and and a game. It's really unparalleled the way, you know, as we've already described from your college soccer days to in a 66,000 person stadium, like the, the power of sports translates. So can you take us through Sunday game day with the Vikings and your responsibilities? You wake up on Sunday and then what? Sure. Um, Wake up, get ready for the game. Um, When I drive downtown and kind of see the city emerge and see the stadium um, in the skyline, that's really kind of get, I get the same sort of pregame jitters that I got back in college. Um, every game day, we have a pregame breakfast that's on our ownership suite level in an area we called our, call our Valhalla Founders Lounge. We have a program um, called Norseman Gold, where it's the, the top two executives from each of our corporate partners. So companies like our stadium naming rights partner, U.S. Bank, um, to our you know, partners of ours like Lando Lakes, 3M, Verizon, Ecolab, um, as well as our suite partners throughout the stadium. So it's a C-level network program um, that those designated Norseman Gold members can come to breakfast and mingle with one another, network, um, and then, you know, go ahead to their suite and be in their suite um, and ready to greet their guests on game day. So I'll head to that breakfast, um, see clients, and then um, from there, you know, walk the stadium pregame and during the game. Um, You know, a lot of the time it's throughout the season, maybe our key decision makers are coming to one game. So we'll try to schedule. Okay. I want to make sure I see them while they're, we're, they're here, welcome them. Um, and then just drop into suites and make sure people are, are having a great game day and, and try to assist in any way possible. Um, you know, typically watch a few minutes of the actual game here and there. Um, but game day is a, a great opportunity for us to, to connect with our suite holders. Um, so that's really the goal of what we're trying to do on game day. How big of a fan is your daughter already? Does she have all the purple? She has quite a bit of gear. Um, <laughs> she can't say our, our cheer yet school, but I'm trying to teach her the school chant. That's uh, that's her next party trick. She's going to nail. Her first words, school. <laughs> yeah, yep, that's the goal. I love that. So what, uh, what's been the biggest hurdle you've had to overcome in your career? You know, I, I think for me in a career in sales, you are wired to always you know, ask for business, put yourself out there, 
sort of try and become immune to failure because you're going to face a lot of rejection. Um, so that's something that getting over, uh, you know, the nerves or fear of being rejected was something, you know, for sure early on in my career, um, something I had to work through and prepare for. Uh, you know, what I've found is the, the more research, and that's really, we really coach, what's your value proposition? How much information are you gathering in your needs analysis? So by the time you get to providing a recommendation, you should already be on the same level as the person sitting across the table from you to know where they're going to lead or what they're going to say. Um, and if you're caught by surprise at that point, hopefully you have enough rapport to try and get an understanding of why that is. Um, you know, I think that's what, what's interesting about sales is sort of gaining the tools to have this sort of superpower where you're having um, more transparent and candid conversations with people um, based on you know, just intentional, intentional and nuanced conversation. Um, you know, so I, I feel like that repetition of the amounts of conversations I've had throughout my career has really helped me get comfortable with um, leading those types of conversations. Um, you know, I think a hurdle in terms of just sort of defining, well, what, it, what do I want my next step to be uh, is always something that's top of mind for me. Um, you know, early in my career, I, I felt like I was overwhelmed with like, okay, well, I've got to figure out by the age of 30, what I want to be and what I want my end game to be. And I had a manager and mentor at that time that was like, well, you really can't control where you're going to be at 30 at this point, but you can control what your next step is. Uh, so that really resonated with me. And that's really more what I focus on now, maybe longer term. I'm, I have a vision of where I'd like to be, but what am I going to do today in the next few weeks, this year to get to that next step? Um, so that that's been something in terms of career development and career advancement that's really helped me stay on track. Hey, leaders, let me be blunt. Sometimes in order to level up, you've got to get a new job. Because of this awesome community we have created here for engaged sports professionals and leaders in adjacent industries, opportunities are floating to this community. Do you want to hear about them? I want to share these new opportunities with you. Recently, I've included listings of available jobs in our newsletter and will continue to do so. If you aren't on that newsletter list, you can add your email at leadershipisfemale.com. And if you are hiring, email me at my personal email, emilyjansen at gmail.com, so that I can share your open role. If we want to continue to add diverse, talented leaders to our businesses, we have to look for new ways to recruit this diverse talent. 80% of our listeners on the Leadership is Female podcast are women. Find your next great hire here. Let's go. Do you have that next goal or that end goal in mind that you're working towards, or do you feel like you're still in an evolution where one thing is going to lead to another in the next opportunity? It's a mix. You know, I think something that you should never be afraid of asking, especially if it's what you want is to sit down with your manager and say, what do I need to do? Or how do I need to grow to be in your seat one day? Um, you know, I have a great relationship with our CRO, John Penhollow, who's been a mentor for me for the past seven years. And that's something that we have conversations about a lot. Um, you know, he'll point out things that I'm, are my strengths, but also maybe here's an, somewhere you can grow that if one day you know, I leave and go work for another team and my seat's open, this can be an area you improve. Um, 
so that it's a no brainer that you take my seat one day. Um, I think that's, it always should be top of mind in conversation with leaders in your company of, uh, okay, what are, what are the tools that you need to take the next step, whether that's with your company or, you know, another, you know, team, another industry, um, You've got to be, no one care. Yeah. One of my team members, Kara Kawakami, you know, she just recently said she heard somewhere, no one cares more about your career than you. So be your own advocate. Um, and don't be afraid to have those conversations um, and just prepare for them. Like you would, you know, for us, like we prepare for a sales conversation. What's my introduction? What are the open-ended questions I want to ask? Um, a lot of the time asking the right questions is better than just saying, um, I want to raise or <laughs> how do I get a promotion? Um, you can talk through, so t- you're telling me a little bit more about pay structure in my role and, you know, then other opportunities on the team. Um, just asking more about coming from a place of, I'm trying to understand can lead to getting a ton of information from your manager, potential hiring managers, if you're interviewing, um, so that you can plan for your career next steps and not feel like you're in the dark. Great advice. And you mentioned getting feedback, right? Both positive and areas of improvement. What do you do with the feedback on the areas of improvement and how do you measure whether or not you've improved in the areas that have been identified? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Yeah. I think in Times of performance review is always a great time to you know, see on paper, okay, what have my what has my manager written? Um, also having a culture within your own group or in a company of uh, you know, kind of getting back to the student athlete approach of your coaching on the spot. That's really gonna help if you are in a role where you have direct reports or even peers bringing up something like that up in the moment. Hey, I observed you said this or you know, did this in this situation. Have you ever considered it doing it this way? I found success with that. Um, you know, for me, and I've had specific coaching in the past that I'm too direct. And I always took that as a badge of honor and a sales role, especially as a female. Um, and in my mind too, I'm like, well, am I too direct or am I just a female? And so it is coming off as that. Uh, so yeah, I think for me, I took it with a grain of salt and tried to understand, okay, maybe I can say things as a question, but in my mind too, I'm like, if I'm not getting that feedback, then am I pushing hard enough or am I uh, moving the ball forward or advocating for my people or uh, that seems to be something inherent to my type of role. So I was for sure open to it, but I had a basketball coach in junior high um, that, you know, said a quote that I always think of as I'm not yelling at you, I'm yelling at your shoes. Like people are trying to coach your actions. They're not trying to tear down who you are as a person. And if someone's coaching you, they care about you when you should be concerned is when someone's not trying to coach you at all, or they're indifferent, then they must not really care about your career. Are you getting better? Are you advancing in the future? If they're, they're not giving you that coaching or they're not investing their own time in you. Um, so I think it, it takes practice to be able to hear things that might be a weakness or might be an area you need to work on. Um, but I think you know, some of my best teammates are the ones our team members as well now are the ones that are coachable, that hear things, understand where they're coming from, see it as, okay, they're trying to make me better and then institute um, change and try to improve or, or shift behavior based on what they've heard. That might be the best 
way that I've heard to <laughs> disassociate the feedback from like per- a personal attack. This is really, yeah. you, you get so committed to your work, right? Like it's, it's your product. It's, it's what you're, you're doing. You're spending so much time on it. So when someone has feedback for you, that might be perceived to be negative. It it's really coming from a place of care. Like let's all get better. And, you know, you should be happy that someone's paying attention and wanting you to improve, but I'm not yelling at you. I'm yelling at your shoes. I mean, it could, it could apply in any way that you would want it to in the front office. Like I'm not yelling at you. I'm yelling at your keyboard or I'm yelling yeah. at your suit jacket, right? Like any of those things. Um, it, it's, it's about the, the work product and how that can be improved. It's not a personal attack. So what an awesome nugget of advice. Thank you for sharing that way back from grade school. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Okay. So you are part of a women's leadership group called Deviate. Is that right? Yep. The Deviate cohort. Yeah. How important are the connections that you're making with the women in the industry that are part of this group? And what are some of the key things you have learned by connecting with other women outside of your organization? That's the, the, the connections I've, I've grown from the program have been incredibly valuable um, you know, there some of the women involved are my peers at other teams, the, the Tennessee Titans or the Buffalo Bills or the Dallas Cowboys. Um, you know, other we, women are in collegiate sport. Uh, other women are in the music industry. And so there are differences in terms of you know, the types of things we're working on, but there's so many similarities in terms of, you know, maybe questions we have about our career path, things that we're experiencing at work, um, approaches that we're trying to make in terms of setting boundaries. Um, and so just having a sounding board with that group has been incredibly helpful. Um, hearing from women that are in similar roles, but also women who are in completely different roles might have a different perspective. So the diversity of the group is hugely important. Um, you know, another area that I find um, just locally as a similar group as we have a, a wise chapter here, women in sports and events. Um, Wise Twin Cities, and there's chapters throughout the country. That's something that's great to get involved with, um, to have that similar sort of community that you can grow friendships, you can find mentors, you can call some up and say, hey, I'm dealing with this right now. What would you do if you were in my shoes? Um, That's invaluable for your career, uh, where you're, you're making connections with people who are friends, but they're also mentors. And it's something that you'll, you know, you should try and grow for, you know, not for the short term, but even for the long term, maybe you lose a job or, you know, you had a tragedy in your life. Those are people that you can really lean on in those times. Yeah. It's, um, it's pretty incredible. The connections that you can make virtually and, um, over zoom, right. I mean, you, you Mm -hmm. women, the women in your group are not meeting together until the, the grand finale of your program, but it's safe to say that you've created some incredible friendships over the last nine months. Yep, definitely. All right. So I'm dying to know, do you still play soccer and do you have any other hobbies besides your work uh, that you're involved in? I unfortunately haven't played soccer in years. Um, I was just talking to a former colleague or a former teammate, actually the one that we scored that goal in overtime. And she was asking if I've played and will play in the future. And I, 
I'd love to play again. I've, I've played in leagues locally with a lot of women that used to play college soccer. And so um, one day I'll, I'll get back out there. Besides spending time with your husband and daughter, what else do you do to uh, stay creative and kind of pull away from the day-to-day with work? Um, I love reading. I love listening to podcasts. Um, one I just listened to that was really interesting was called The Trojan Horse Affair, This American Life, The Daily, um, whether I'm driving or going on walks. Um, now that I live back home in Minnesota, I try to spend as much time with, with family and friends as possible. I've got a great group of high school friends that live locally, so we, we try to get together as much as we can. Um, and then I, yeah, I just got a new Peloton bike. I love riding that. You see mine in the back. I can see yours. <laughs> uh, so that's a great way to recharge and refresh and get a quick workout in. So I'm more present with my next activity, whether that's hanging out with Lily or working away. Yeah. I love my Peloton. It's like church and decompression and everything all in one. And I'll tell you, I, I, um, I played soccer, um, my whole life too. And I made my grand return as a sub on an indoor team this winter. And my fitness was great, which I was super proud of thanks to the Peloton and <laughs> boot camp at my gym. But I've only been using a size one soccer ball, like playing with my little kids. So I couldn't, it was like kicking a boulder. I mean, it yeah. was unbelievable to me that this ball filled with air that I used to just crush down the field. It was quite embarrassing to be honest, but it's been like, it was literally a 15 year hiatus for me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You can yeah. give yourself so, some grace with that one. Yeah. So I, I was, I was trying, I was trying to, um, for sure, but, um, it was definitely fun and cool to get out there again and be, be competitive. Um, so I'll be looking forward to hearing when you make your grand return and, uh, get on that women's indoor league during those Minnesota winters. Oh yeah. (laughs) All right. Final four questions of the podcast. What piece of advice do you have for women today so that they can level up tomorrow? Mm. Um, actually, as a part of the deviate cohort, level up made me think of um, a conversation that we had with a mentor of the group that came in who's a high up executive at Instagram. Her name is Claudine. And she was talking about um, as someone, if you're a leader in the company, whether or not you have direct reports. Um, leveling up is something that you can put out there to, you know, whether it's your own manager of just letting them know snippets of information of what you're working on so they can level up to their own leadership for our team ownership. Um, You know, I always found in the halls, if I saw, you know, maybe a a C-level executive within the team and they said, how's it going? What are you working on? I would just be kind of vague. Oh, it's going good. Working on a lot. But if you can quickly have a snippet of something like, oh, I'm working on a deal with XYZ company, it's going to close in the next couple of weeks. Something that specific, that's nugget information, whether it's in a conversation with your manager or, you know, another leader at the company, that's a great way to to continue to grow your personal brand internally. And for those key leaders at the company to know that you're, you know, always, if you're in a sales role, working on new deals, 
you know, if you're in a marketing capacity, what types of ideas for branding or promotions are you working on that you can just quickly have top of mind and ready to go when you find yourself in those conversations? Oh, so that is like mic drop advice. I love that, <laughs> Kathleen. Thank you. Okay. Where are you traveling to next for fun? Oh, well, we just got back from Montana, uh, which was great. Saw friends, got some skiing in, and um, in about a week or so, we're like every other Minnesotan that heads to Florida during March and April. Um, so we are going to Sanibel and Naples, uh, which we're looking forward to. It'll be great. Yeah, I, uh, as a Midwestern girl, there was always a Florida vacation during that rough winter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'll be awesome. Okay, what is your pump up song? I, I got a feeling that's always a solid one. Black Eyed Peas has some great jams. Um, Bruno Mars, anything Bruno Mars is typically something that's going to get my toe tapping and get me ready to go for a big conversation or meeting. Perfect. And your favorite quote? Something for me, when I was in college, I always think about of it. And even my job day to day now um, is the moment of victory is much too short to live for that and nothing else. Uh, something similar is, is fall in love with the process. You know, what we do in selling suites, there's only going to be a few sales a year, even if you're really good at what you do, especially annual suites. Um, so really dive in and become obsessed and find gratification in that sales process. What am I doing to get those small wins that eventually get lead to that big win? Um, it's usually not some magical question or big close. It's usually just a subtle yes that you've been receiving throughout the whole process that leads you there. Um, and so I think early in your career, it's easy to get really high with the highs and low with the lows, but keeping that in mind of, you know, just trust the process, fall in love with the process, um, and don't just be obsessed with those moments when you get the deal done or, or get the victory or get a moment in the sunshine, you know, really enjoy what you're doing, who you're surrounded by, um, and just the hustle of the day-to-day, that's really where you're spending your time. So how can you really get, um, you know, train yourself to enjoy that everyday grind um, and find the, the small victories? That's such great advice. And I've got to ask just one more question is how do you celebrate both the big and the little wins along that journey? Um, there's a lot of... I'd, Virtual high five is a big one with our team of, you know, either texting, slacking, Teams chat, that sort of thing. Now that we've been able to get together in person, um, you know, going out and celebrating with a meal or if it's someone that specifically sells a deal or does something big, what's something that they love that we can celebrate with them if, if it's going somewhere specific or, um, you know, for us just recognizing it on team calls and and sharing, okay, what was the process that helped get you there? And just giving shout outs, um, whether it's something you know big, like a big deal that was closed or uh, something unique someone did to get a meeting booked with a decision maker. Um, recognizing those small opportunities of showing appreciation. I think, you know, I know when I've received them and then when I've seen team members, you know, sort of be recognized, that's, that's a great way to keep motivating positive team culture. And you guys can't see Kathleen's face, but it lit up when I asked her about the ways that the team celebrates. And I have to tell you that 
a lot of people and a lot of teams are not great at those internal celebrations. And it really sounds like you guys have nailed it and it's heart centered and congratulatory and appreciative of the work that's gone in. And I just, I love to hear it. And it's, they're not, you know, extravagant vacations to Mexico here. We're talking about lunches, recognition, talk us through the process, you know, giving people the opportunity to, to celebrate those wins and those milestones along the way, which I will also add plays back into your piece of advice, having something specific to talk about. If you take the time to celebrate your wins, the recall is going to be much quicker to what you've accomplished and what you're working on because you have that, that marker and that milestone in your brain from the celebration. Yep, definitely. Love it. Well, it has been incredible to talk to you today. Thank you so much for sharing incredible nuggets of wisdom with us. Lots of mic drop moments. No surprise. You are such a phenomenal leader and uh, really taking charge of your career. It's been great to interview you and share your knowledge with the Leadership is Female audience. Thank you. Thanks, Emily. Great to be here. Let's get into the top four takeaways. Number one, get outside your comfort zone and move from your hometown to grow your network and stretch yourself. If you get the chance to come back home to a role, you'll bring new perspective, sharpen skills, and have it slightly easier making connections in a familiar market. Number two, your approach to sales should be intentional, researched, and contain an intriguing value proposition. Number three, I'm not yelling at you, I'm yelling at your shoes. Number four, when having a conversation, even a pass by in the hallway with someone higher on the org chart, be specific. Instead of I'm good, how about I'm good, I'm nearing a close with XYZ client. Thank you for listening to the Leadership is Female podcast. It means the world to me that you chose to spend your time with this podcast today. If you like this episode, subscribe, share, and review. What can you do today to lead her forward? We will do our part to lead her forward because leadership is female. Thank you for joining us. This podcast was recorded and edited by Emily Jansen, public relations by Paige Hegedus, and distributed by Anchor FM.